Turn to Nehemiah, the eighth chapter. Nehemiah 8. For uh, some weeks now, we've been on a topic we're calling the joy of faith. The joy of faith. And our texts have been Nehemiah 8 and 1 Peter 1. Now, if you hadn't been with us, you can go back and get all the previous messages. It won't cost you anything. You can get them online, download them for free, watch them. Uh, if you're in the building and want a hard copy, you can get that too. Nehemiah 8 and 9 said that Nehemiah and Ezra the priest and the Levites taught to people and said to the people, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Mourn not nor weep. For all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. They saw how far off they had gotten and how they had not been keeping the word of the Lord. And they were crying and they were mourning. And the leaders... Nehemiah, Ezra the priest, Levites, they told the people, quit it. Quit mourning and quit weeping, quit crying. Now, uh, we're going to see more in just a moment, but would the Lord tell you to do something you can't do? If he says, quit grieving, quit mourning, quit crying, can you quit? Now, see, a lot of people don't believe this. They'd look at you and say, you know, what are you being so mean for? I I'm hurting, I, you know, I'm, I'm crying, I'm grieving, I'm hurt. Are there times the Lord would tell you, hush, yes. quit. Yes. Quit that crying, quit that mourning, yes. quit that grieving. Mm-hmm. Yes. Are you going to tell him you can't? No. Jesus said in John, he said, don't let your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Many would say, I can't help it. If you were going through what I was going through, you'd be upset and crying and hurting too. Not if we do what the Lord tells us to do. It is possible to be hurting, to be in a bad way, and by faith, and by the greater one on the inside of you, stand up and dry your eyes and make a decision to quit thinking about that and quit dwelling on that and quit talking about that and quit yielding to this grief. A lot of times people say, well, you know, they're crying and they're heaving. and so Just let it out. Just let it out. And, and the problem is they're letting it in. People say let it out. But what's actually happening is they're yielding to bad things. Grief and sorrow and fear and depression, which are killers. They are killers. They will drain you. They will destroy you. What did he go? He told them, quit this mourning, quit this crying. Verse 10, he said, Go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, send portions for them who nothing is prepared. This day is holy to our Lord. Neither be ye sorry, quit sorrowing, quit grieving, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Said out loud. Don't be sorry. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. Say it out loud a couple of times. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Let's say it together. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Another time. The joy of the Lord is my strength. It is. My strength. Joy is a force. 
the joy of the Lord. And we're not talking about cackling at some off-color joke. That ain't the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is not just a little surface laugh thing. It is the quickening of the Holy Spirit and it literally makes you strong, stronger, spirit, soul, mind, body. And when you're going through some things, what do you need to get through it, to overcome it? Let's say there's been a problem. Let's say there's been some loss. There's been some hurt. What do you need? You need inner strength, don't you? To not be hopeless. You, you need inner strength to get through this and come over this. Is that right? Get through it to the other side. Overcome it. You know that's who you are. You are more than a conqueror. You are an overcomer. What do overcomers do? They come over it. Which is different from going under. Somebody needs to say it. I don't go under. I go over. And if there's something substantial in your life that's a problem, you're going to do one or the other. It's going to put you under or you're going to go over it. You an undergoer or an overcomer? Huh? Do, do what we decide to believe and do, say, Act, does it make any difference in whether we go under, whether we go over? Come on, say that loud. I don't go under. I go over. Now, the way we do it is not just in our own strength, but it is by the greater one who's inside us. But it's connected with what we choose to look at, what we choose to think about, what we choose to talk about, and what we choose to do. Faith is a choice. Sometimes you'll hear people say, I can't. I just can't believe that. That's not true. You can believe anything you choose to believe. Faith's a choice. It's the nature of what it is. And you'll hear people say, well, I can't stop crying. I can't stop hurting. Yes, you can. If you will, it's a choice. It's a choice. Grief and fear is something you yield to. And when it's really bad, it's because you've yielded to it a lot for a long time. People are yielding to it without realizing what they're doing. But depression drains you and can destroy you. But joy does the opposite. Joy quickens you. Joy revives you. Joy makes you strong. Hallelujah. And with enough of the strength of the Lord, you can come through anything. You can make it through. You can come over. You can overcome anything. 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 Not because you're so amazing. It's because he's so big. He's so amazing. And he's in you. He's in you. It's never his will for you to be defeated and destroyed. To go under. It's his will for you to go over. He always causes us to triumph. Somebody needs to say it again. This phrase, somebody needs to say this. And you got to remember, there's a lot of other people with us than, than in this room. Many people in the states, other countries, people all over the place. But several somebodies need to say this. I'm not going under. 
I'm going over. I don't go under. I don't go under. I'm an overcomer. Greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. I don't go under. I don't, I don't go under. I don't go under. Now, you know, especially when you need to say this, when a thought comes to your mind, you're going under. <laughs> or a feeling. You do not just need to sit there and take that. You need to get some sass about you. You need to get up inside and say, no, uh-uh, no, this is not doing me in. I am not going under with this. I'm going over. I'm an overcomer. That's what overcomers do. That's what I am. That's my nature. That's my spiritual DNA. If you took one cell out and you put it under a microscope, you'd go, that's an overcoming cell right there. Look at that cell. Man, it just flips all the cells around it. It's... <laughs> Glory to God. Glory to God. Say it one more time. The joy of the Lord is my strength. I refuse to go a day or a night without the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is available to us. The strength of the Lord is available to us. Didn't he say, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I never, if you look at that in the Amplified, he talks about, I won't leave you helpless. He is the comforter. And part of that word, if you look in John, look up the words, it means strengthener. Strengthener, standby, comforter. And so all of that's in you and me 24-7 for us to access. I had somebody want to take me to task one time about speaking in tongues. And they said, uh, you believe you can speak in, in tongues anytime you want to? And uh, I said, well, yeah. And I began to quote the scripture to them, you know. Uh, the scripture said in Corinthians, I will, I will pray with the Spirit and I will pray with the understanding also. Yeah. Didn't he say that? Yeah. So if you can say, I'm going to pray right now with my understanding and do it right now. He said, I, Paul said, I do the same thing with my Spirit. And they shook their head and they said, no, no, no. Nope. You can't turn the Holy Ghost off and on. And without it even thinking, it just popped right out of my spirit. I said, yeah, he's always on. He's always on. Is he? He never sleeps. He never slumbers. He's always on. And that's true with anything that's in him, including his joy. You and I can tap into joy. No matter what circumstances we're in, no matter where we're at, what's going on, if we don't, it's not his fault for not providing it. It's our fault for not accessing it. Amen. And you access it with faith. Well, for time's sake, I'll forego some of these verses and just go with me straight over to uh, Proverbs, please. The book of Proverbs. You guys listen so well. I could just go on. I think you believe that, don't you? <laughs> well, let me ask you what's better. Well, if I showed up tonight in about three minutes, I said, that's it. I got nothing. Go away. 
<laughs> I'm done. Which you like better? <laughs> Proverbs 29, 29. <laughs> Heard somebody say, preach on. Preach on, brother. Preach on. Thank you, thank you. I believe I will. <laughs> Proverbs 29 and 2. Look at another aspect of the joy of the Lord being our strength. He said, when the righteous are in authority, the people do what? Rejoice. The people rejoice. But when the wicked bear rule, the people mourn. Let me read some other translations. The New Living says, when the godly are in authority, the people rejoice. But when the wicked are in power, they do what? They groan. I was reminded when I saw this of what happened with the uh, Hebrew children in Egyptian bondage. It said they groaned and the Lord heard their groanings. Why? Because they were being ruled over by oppressors. They were in bondage and in their bondage they groaned. Why? You're, you're not in victory. You are in oppression. And there, there is this feeling of hopelessness and helplessness. You're, you're being controlled by somebody else. Your life is being controlled by somebody else. And so you groan. Oh, but when the righteous are in authority, there's what? There's rejoicing. There's rejoicing. Hallelujah. Well, are you the righteous? Or are you the wicked? <laughs> you hear sometimes people say, well, you know, honey, I ain't no saint. Well, then you're an ain't. There's only two categories. And I know people say, well, I ain't no angel. Of course not. That'd be a demotion. That's a different class of being. Angels are not even earthlings. They're extraterrestrials. <laughs> I said, wow, yeah, they ain't from here. And they are not the sons of God, they are servants. And they are sent to minister for those who shall be heirs of salvation, which is you, us. You're not going to turn into an angel. It'd be like turning into a giraffe. I mean, you're, you're a human being. You're not an angel. And you don't want to be an angel. The angels looked at us and said, what are they? What is man that you have paid them so much attention that you have done all this for them? What in the world is a man? Who's a man? Us. <laughs> and we got a song nobody else can sing. We got a name. Nobody else. It is the redeemed. The redeemed. And we are in a special category of God forever. We're sons of God. Hallelujah. Destined to rule and reign over all creation, including the angels. Rule and reign with him. And have authority over all his creation. 
Is that what the Word teaches? Glory to God. When the righteous are in authority, we're not the wicked. We've been made righteous. Saint would have to do with the Holy One. And you don't become a saint because you work and achieve a level of holiness. We could not attain this righteousness and holiness through our own deeds and works. The only way we could get it is for Jesus to give us His righteousness and holiness. He has done this. And all who have received it are saints. You have been made righteous, not earned, given and received. We are the right. Come on, somebody said out loud, we are. are. I am am the righteous. righteous. Now, how'd you get that way? Help me out. How'd you get that way? You didn't earn it. You didn't deserve it. It was given to you from Jesus. And you have received it by faith in him. But you are the righteous. And when the righteous are in authority, what's one of the indications? The people rejoice. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody say the people rejoice. Go with me to the Luke. Luke's gospel account, chapter 9. Luke 9. When the wicked bear rule, the people mourn. One of the biggest lies propagated throughout the earth is, and it's, it's really twofold, but is that everything that happens is God. Everything that happens is God. And that God is in complete control of everything and everybody and not us. We don't have any control. Only God has control. And that everything that happens is God. Whether we understand it or not, like it or not, whether it looks good or looks terrible, it's all God's mysterious plan. This is not true. And sadly, much of the church believes this. People that love God, they're genuinely born again. But this is not true. This is not what the Bible says. This is not what is revealed. How many have been reading your chapters with us? Hmm? The book of Job. Now, if you hadn't been reading your chapter with us, you want to come on in. Everybody at Faith Life Church reads their chapter every day, Monday through Friday. This is widely known. And if it's news to you, come on in, come on in, quit messing around, come on in. Now, if you think, well, I don't understand all this in Job. Man, this is, this is rough. No, it's the Word of God. And it, it's a good book to learn some valuable principles. For one thing, you'll see in a few chapters that Job and his three friends have to repent for some of the stuff they're saying right now in the chapters you're reading. So it was true that they said it, but what they said wasn't true about God. One of the things that you keep hearing Job say now in these chapters is that God's not fair. God's not fair. Well, that's not true. 
I said, that's not true. Amen. He is fair. Yes, he, is. he is good. And one of the things that you see, what was it, yesterday's chapter or whenever, he said, uh, if God doesn't do all these things, then who does it? They are completely oblivious to the existence of the devil. This is an old, old book. This predates a lot of the other books. They're completely oblivious to what we know happened recorded in chapter 1 and 2. They got no clue about this. But uh, what you see is that people trying to attribute everything to God. Do you know Christians that do? I don't care what it is. I mean, if it's a hurricane, if it's a tornado, you know, I had somebody that I thought knew better (laughs) just a few days ago. Tell me, yeah, when the Lord sent that tornado through, you know, I think he knew what he was doing. I just, I, I didn't let them see, but I about fell off my chair. I thought, what in the world are you talking about? You should know. No, God is not the destroyer. Jesus said, how many believe what Jesus said? Jesus said, it's the thief who comes and steals and kills and destroys. He said, I am come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's what I believe. How about you? If it's stealing, if it's killing, if it's destroying, it's not God. It's the enemy. So, well, what about the passages that said that God did it, like Old Testament passages? He passed judgment that allowed the enemy access to destroy, and it did not please him, and it was not his will. And if you don't understand that, don't just fabricate your own verses. Get in the Bible. Look it up. See what it means. God has never changed. He's always been good. And he is good and he always will be good. All of the pain and the tragedy and the destruction and chaos that's in the planet, that's in the universe, is not God's choice, nor his perfect will, nor does it please him. The reason it's that way is because man has a free will. And men have chosen to rebel. And the wages of sin is death. That's not, that doesn't please God. He's not willing that any. Is this true or not? He's not willing that any should perish. So this idea that only God has control. We have no control. And that everything that's happening is God. These things are not true. These statements are not true. They're contrary to all kind of scripture. They actually are doctrines of demons. It came from the devil. People think they're honoring God and they're believing lies. Now this may make more sense to you in just a moment as we go, but those two things are not true. Now, if this is new to you, we got a series that the Lord helped us to minister some years ago called You Choose. If you hadn't heard this, let me recommend it to you now. And uh, if you don't think it's right, then uh, be brave 
and get that series and go with us through all the scriptures and prove us wrong. Come on, are you with me? It's not about ideas and opinions. It's about what the Word of God says. Right? <laughs> we we got a, actually got a letter from a man who said he thought he really liked us for years. And then we started preaching that series on You Choose. And he got the series. He was excited to get it. And the, he, the first two tapes he'd heard, he said it made him so mad. He went and threw them in the trash can. And said, that's it. I'm done with him. <laughs> and I don't know how hours or days later, the Lord dealt with him, go and get them out of the trash can. <laughs> and to prove it. Prove it. With the scriptures. And so he went through. And I guess the scriptures kind of beat him up. Shouldn't say that. Beat the junk out of him. <laughs> Beat the confusion and the lies out of him. And before it was over with, he completely changed his mind. How many know all of us need our minds changed and renewed about things throughout our life? You beware of believing stuff that's just religious and tradition and not scriptures. Or somebody took a half of a scripture out of context and twisted it into something that contradicts 40 other verses. Anyway, Luke 9, verse 1. Jesus called his 12 disciples together. And he said, I am in control of everything. Not you. And you just need to take what comes and say... God's in control. What did it say? He gave them power and authority over all devils. Now that's the word for demon. One devil and many demons. And demons, they exist. But they got nothing to do with what you've seen in horror movies. Right. Nothing. Nothing. The truth is, you're a born again believer. Demons are afraid of you. Most people don't know that. And it's not just because of you after the flesh or your personality. It's because of who is in you. <laughs> who is in you. He gave them what? Power and authority. Now these two Greek words, exousia and dunamis, they're two different things. And the reason I bring them up is because sometimes in the King James it's translated power and it really should say authority. And you have to look at the context sometimes. But here it's easy. Both of them's there. Power. And authority. What is, why, what's the difference? Well, it's like a policeman. A policeman who is a legitimate policeman, trained, authorized by the city, the, the state, whatever, the uh, uniform and the insignias and the badge, that's all authority. But the 250 pounds of muscle and the 44 Magnum. <laughs> That's dunamis. 
and your knee are the, are the shotgun. The, you need the dunamis to go with the authority. You've got to have the power to go with the authority because outlaws don't care about the authority. Lawbreakers, unless there's some force there to back up the authority, they're going to run right over it. What did Jesus give them? <laughs> he gave them the authority, which means the right to represent him. The right to do what they're doing. I mean, not everybody has the right to pull you over and say you were speeding. God, you're supposed to have authority to do that. He gave them the right and he gave them the power. Whew, glory to God. The power. You know, Acts 1.8 says, You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come on you. And you'll be witnesses. Every child of God who's received the Holy Spirit has power. Has power. Many have done nothing with it and are barely aware of it, but it doesn't change the fact that the Word of God is true. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come on you. Amen. Hallelujah. And every child of God born of Him has the right to His name, which is His authority. Oh, hallelujah. He gave them. He didn't say, don't just stay behind me and don't try to do anything because you can't. I'm God and you're a man and don't try this at home. No. He gave them the power and the authority over what? All, All demons and to cure diseases. And if you look at Matthew's account, it says every sickness and every disease. All Evil spirits, every one of them, and all sicknesses, every one of them. If you look at Matthew 10 and you look at this and you look at the other scriptures, it specifies every sickness, every disease. In fact, put up Matthew 10, verse 1. He called his 12 disciples. This is Matthew's account of the same happening. He gave them power against unclean spirits. And here it specifies what you do with the power. To cast them out. To run them out. And to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. Is this real? Did he give it to them? Go back to Luke. We'll finish reading in Luke. Did he really give them this authority? Did he really give them this power? Why am I talking about authority? When the righteous are in authority, the people are happy. The people are glad. Why? Because the wicked are not bearing rule anymore. The righteous are in authority. Mm. Verse 1, he gave them power and authority over all devils and to cure, we know from Matthew, all diseases, every sickness. All manner means all kinds. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God, verse 2, and to heal the sick. Verse 6, and they departed and went through the towns, preaching the gospel and healing every 
where? Everywhere they went. Glory to God. Somebody say glory to God. So they, not Jesus, they. How many know these men were not perfect? Who are we talking about here? (laughs) The disciples. Did they know everything? No. No. And yet, what are they doing? They're going, what does it mean preaching God? They are telling the good news about the good things, about the Messiah. And the fulfilling of scriptures. And while they're doing that. They are exercising authority. Over evil spirits. And they are exercising authority. Over sickness and disease. They are commanding it to stop. They are commanding it to leave. They are commanding it to go. And not only do they have the authority. But the power is there. To back it up. And it's happening. I said it's happening. People were getting delivered. People were getting healed. People were getting free. People were learning the truth about the good news. Does this sound anything like what we should be doing today? Does it sound like it relates to us at all? And uh, if you skip down. Well, let let me just pause here for a moment. You'll hear people say. Well, yeah, but now that was the 12. That was the apostles of the Lamb. He gave them that power, and they had that power. And you'll hear some theologians say, but you know, that was just for that era and that time to help establish the gospel and then in the book of Acts. But when the last apostle died, all that ceased. Because he gave them the power. Well, what about the uh, 70? I said, what about the 70? Skip to the very next chapter. Chapter 10. After these things, in chapter 9, the Lord appointed other 70 also. So we're up to how many now? 82. Now when the last of the 12 apostles, well, no, no, what about these? 70, and he sent them two and two before his face into every city and place whether he himself would come. And verse 9, he told them this, heal the sick that are therein. Verse 9, 10-9, and say to them, the kingdom of God is come near to you. Hallelujah. It's the same thing he told the 12. So now we got 82 of these going around. Authorized Mm -hmm. and empowered Mm -hmm. to eject Mm -hmm. every evil spirit and to run off every disease. Authorized and empowered. And let's look at the effect in verse 17. Verse 17, the 70 returned again with joy. Why? Because the righteous are in authority. The wicked are not bearing rule. The righteous are exercising authority. They said, Lord, even the devils, the demons are subject to us through your name. Oh, hallelujah. 
Glory to God. Are they rejoicing? Do they have joy? Why do a lot of Christians not have joy? Because they are being oppressed. And they believe they are victims. And they believe they are helpless to do anything about it. And many of them have been convinced somehow or another all this is God. And God's in control. And if he would, he could do something about it. But we have no control. We can't do anything about it. These are lies. I said these are lies. They're taught supposedly honoring God and talking about how big he is. But it's contrary to scriptures. God is not controlling everything for us. Some things he has put in our power and in our control. And if we don't use what he gave us, we will do without, we will be defeated. And it won't because it was his will. It won't because we were waiting on him to do something if he would. It's because he told us to do something and we didn't do it. Say it out loud. He gave them them authority. authority. He gave them them power. power. Was it just for the 12? What about the 70? I said, what about the 70? What about them? We don't even know who their names were. Right? And yet here they're going around to all these places and towns proclaiming the good news. And if the enemy tries to act up, they shut him down and send him packing. If if there's diseases and and problems, they command them to leave. They command them to go and they obey them. And they were elated. They came back and they said, Master, Master, this is not the 12. These are the other 70. They said, Lord, even the demons, we tell them to shut up and get out and they do it. We told them in your name and they did it. Made them happy. I said, made them happy. Why? Because every situation they came into, the devil is no longer running the show. The devil can no longer continue to oppress. Because the righteous are in authority. And it made the people rejoice. (laughs) Why? Because people are getting free. People are getting healed. Of course you'd rejoice. Why are they rejoicing? Because the righteous are in authority now. Not to evil. Satan has a God complex. He imagines himself God. It is laughable. But he really, he's serious about it. He thinks this planet is his. He probably wants more than the planet. It's true, obvious. He wanted the throne. He said, I will exalt my throne. I'll be like the most high. What's he doing? He learned the faith principle. You believe it in your heart. You say it with your mouth. You release power. He learned that watching God. And he tried to use it against the one he learned it from. Not smart. He did. He released all of his inner being in saying, I will exalt my throne above I will be like the Most High. I, and when he got through spouting off, God said, you will be brought down to hell. 
And the devil's words ran smack dab into the <laughs> Almighty's words, and his words crumbled and fell. And what God said is what is and what will be. But he is evil, and he seeks to control and dominate everywhere and everything that does not prevent him from doing so. He is called the God of this world right now. He does it through spiritual influences and he does it through people who are yielding to these influences. It is the source of evil all around the world. It is for a limited time. <laughs> it's a limited time. Soon and very soon. Have you read the back of the book? It said an angel. An angel. That's one. An angel, he said, is coming down. He's going to grab a hold of the old serpent, the dragon. And he's going to chain him. All it's going to take is one of God's angels. And he's going to throw him into the pit and shut the door where he can't do a thing about it for a thousand years. He ain't as bad as he cracks himself up to be. Uh, he may seem like it with ignorant human beings, but he is no equal opposite with God. He's a created being who's fallen from his place, who tried to rebel against God. But Jesus, well, let me back up a little bit. Man lost his authority through Adam. Adam and Eve yielded to the enemy, yielded to the temptation. And when Jesus came on the scene in the temptation in the wilderness, you remember the enemy showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. Remember what the devil told him? All of these are given to me. Well, now, there has to be some truth to that or it wouldn't have been a temptation. Jesus would have known that it wasn't true and it wasn't a temptation. The Bible calls all those things that happen temptations. Jesus is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. It is written all these kingdoms will have become the kingdoms of our Lord. And the enemy is trying to offer him a shortcut. You don't need to go to the cross. You don't need to do all that. Just bow down and bingo. You got it now. Easy. So how did the enemy get it? Man gave it to him. Oh, but since man lost it, man could get it back. <laughs> and the man, the man, Christ Jesus came, hallelujah. And while he was on the earth, did he walk in authority? Come on, did he walk in authority? Did the devil rule over him and dominate him? No, he spoke to the wind. He spoke to the waves. He spoke to the dead. He commanded spirits and they obeyed. He commanded fever and disease to leave and it obeyed. Is that right? He's walking in power. He's walking in authority. And those closest around him, the 12 and then the 70, he said, I want you to go out and do exactly what I've been doing. I am personally authorizing you and I am empowering you. Now you go do what I've been doing. Is it true? Is it true? 
And 82 of them we have at least. It could have been more for all we know. But at least 82. Were doing this. The enemy wasn't ruling over them. Or in the situations where they were going. They. Were exercising authority. And the power was backing it up. And yokes were being destroyed. And burdens were being removed. And people were rejoicing. I said they were rejoicing. Oh somebody say rejoicing. In Acts the 8th chapter. After the cross. After the resurrection. Is the book of Acts. Is that talking about the church that you and I are part of? Are we part of the same church? Is the book of Acts. Acts 8 and 5. Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. He preached the good news about the good things, about the good Lord. And the people with one accord gave heed to those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits crying with loud voice came out of many that were possessed with them, and many taken with palsies and that were lame were healed, and there was great joy in the city, in that city. People say, well, that was just the 12, Brother Keith. Philip's not one of the 12. He's not one of the 70. Oh, well, and Philip. <laughs> uh-uh. There's a problem with this uh, theology. Problem with this doctrine about it only being the 12. Philip was a waiter. He helped with the Meals on Wheels program. <laughs> he did. He helped them get their soup and sandwiches there hot. That's what he did. Until, because he was faithful, God promoted him. Yeah. And sent him out proclaiming the good news. How in the world did this waiter get authorized and empowered to cast out spirits and heal, minister healing to people? This is just a guy in the New Testament. In the beginning, nothing said about him being an evangelist. He's a waiter. He's not one of the 12, not one of the 70. You know who else was not one of the 12? Paul. Paul wasn't one of the 12. Someone said, well, yeah, he was the one that took Judah's place. No, he was not. Go back and read the book of Acts in the beginning, the first couple of chapters. They gave the qualifications. It had to be somebody that was with them the entire time they were with Jesus. And they got the one that replaced Judas. Paul was not that. Well, it was the 12 and the 70 and Philip and Paul. But that's it. But that's it. (laughs) I don't think so. I said, I don't think so. What do you think? Come on, what do you think? Go back to Matthew, the 28th chapter. Matthew 28. After the resurrection. Did Jesus go to the cross for his sins? Certainly not. It was for ours. Was he raised from the dead for his justification? No, it was for our justification. There's nothing he did that was for him. He didn't need redemption. It was all for us. 
Was it all for us or not? Isaiah talks about that. He, he, he took our infirmities. He bore our sicknesses. The chastisement of our peace was on him. Our sorrows he bore. Us, us, us. Not him. Well, after going to the cross, after laying down his life, after going to the heart of the earth, after being raised from the dead, here's what he says. Matthew 28, 18. Jesus came and spoke to them and said, All power is given to me in heaven and in earth. Now that's the word for authority. All authority is given to me in heaven and in earth. And a lot of people stop right there and they say, yeah, Jesus has it all. Read the next verse. So you go. Why do we go? Because he has authority. If he's got the authority and power, he needs to go. No, all authority has been given to me. So you go and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things, whatever I've commanded you, and I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Do you suppose this is something along the lines of what he told them, the 12 or the seven? What did he tell them? What did he tell them? I'm authorizing you. You go proclaim. You go deliver. You go ministry. How did he authorize them? How did he empower them? This is what's happening. Jesus got the authority back that man lost. Hallelujah. And he said, now you don't go out yet. You wait until you be endued with power from on high. What is it? This is the dunamis that goes with the exousia. This is the power that goes with the authority. Hallelujah. This is the 44 Magnum that goes with the badge. <laughs> Go to Mark 16th chapter. Mark's account of the same thing. Mark 16, verse 15. He said to them, Go ye. What does go ye mean? That's old English. What it means is, we'd say today, you go. You go. Why do I need to go? He's got the power. You know, we have employees in the ministry. We have people that work on teams. And Phyllis and I obviously couldn't do every job, couldn't do everything. But what if I told Rob here? I said, Rob, now this is coming from me. I'm the head of the ministry here. Go over to such and such place. Tell them I sent you and do this. And what if Rob started crying and said, I'm not the head. <laughs> You're the head. <laughs> I can't do that. I'm not the... I said, listen, Rob, I'm authorizing you. I'm sending you. I'm telling you to go. And, and what if Rob kept crying? He said, I, I can't. I'm not the head. I can't, I can't do that. I said, well, okay. <laughs> and I went to the different employees. And, I went to, and every one of them said the same thing. Well, now you're the boss. Well, I know I'm the boss. And I'm telling you, go over here and do this. Yeah, but I'm not the boss. I can't do that. You got the authority. I know I got the authority. And with the authority, I'm authorizing you. 
to go do it. Well, yeah, but I don't have the money. You don't have to have the money. The ministry's going to pay for it. You go do it. Well, yeah, but I can't. I'm just a, a worm. I'm just a man. I'm just a woman. I don't, I mean, I'm not, I'm not the boss. What if I went through every person and every one of them, nobody would do it? Then even though I have the authority and ability, I'm locked down. Can you see this? This is the situation in the church. He is the head of the church, but he does things through his hands, through his feet, through his arms, through his legs, through the body. Come on, can you see this? And much of the body believes that the head does everything without them. When's the last time you saw a head prepare dinner <laughs> by itself? <laughs> no. The head needs the body. Uses the body. That's why he said, I've done it. I've got the power. I've got the authority. Now what's the very next phrase? Very next phrase. You go. What did the Bible tell us to do with the devil? Help me out. What did the Bible tell us to do? Well, would the devil leave if we resist him? Unless we have authority. And unless there's some power to back up that authority. It'd do you no good to resist the devil. He'd laugh at you go, you're a little human nothing. I'm not listening to you. But, and this is something that we need more revelation of. When you say, in the name of Jesus, what you're really saying is, I'm speaking on his behalf. He sent me. I'm his representative. Didn't the Bible say, we are ambassadors for Christ? And he is beseeching people through us. Well, he's doing other things through us. When you're saying, in the name of Jesus, you're saying, I am come on his behalf. He sent me. I'm, I didn't come in my own authority. He authorized me. And he is also backing me, empowering me for this. And I command you, in the name of Jesus, leave. Then they know, if you know they know they're no longer dealing with a human. They're no longer dealing with frail flesh. And that's why the next thing happens is they flee. There, there's nothing they can do. But many have not, they don't believe this. Hadn't been taught it. Hadn't heard it. If they did, well, I just believe that God's in control. I just believe it's all God. Well, you believe wrong. He gave us authority. We have the name. Oh, hallelujah. Instead of mourning, instead of sorrowing, instead of grieving like we're hopeless, helpless victims, we need to realize who God made us. We need to stand up on the inside. And we need to say, no, uh-uh. I'm stopping my sorrowing. I'm stopping my grieving. I'm stopping letting evil rule in my life. And I command you in the name of Jesus, get out of here. Leave me. 
You'll learn how to speak. Did Jesus speak to the wind? He spoke to the waves. He spoke to trees. He spoke to fever. Is that right? He spoke to death. You'll learn to speak to cancer. You'll learn to speak to infections. You'll learn. Mothers will learn with their babies to put their hand on their head and say, fever, leave. Go in Jesus' name. People say, y'all crazy. Think about No, you're just ignorant. Ignorant of spiritual truth. This is how Jesus operated. This is how the 12 operated. This is how the 70 operated. This is how everybody in the book of Acts operated. Is that right? Philip, waiters, come on, are you listening? This is how the church, the devil thought he had a problem when Jesus started doing this. Then he thought, "Uh uh-oh, 12 more. Uh Uh-oh, 70 more. This thing's getting out of hand. He had no idea what was going to happen on the day of Pentecost. Oh, when the empowerer, the enforcer himself comes from heaven and fills believers and continues to fill and empower all who he will receive him. Now the devil hadn't got one. He hadn't got 12. He hadn't got 82. He's got millions of us. And if we ever find out who we are and what we've got, we'll shut his business down all around us. We will do exactly what they did and we will come back rejoicing and go, Jesus, the devils listen to us. Disease listens to us. Hallelujah. And we will rejoice and that'll make us all the stronger. And we'll just keep on doing it and come up to another level of doing it. Can you say amen? amen? Stand on your feet, everybody. Glory to God. Oh, lift up your hands. Let's thank the Lord for what he accomplished for us. For what he, he's the one that got that authority. He's the one. Hallelujah. At his request, the Father sent us the mighty Holy Spirit. He gave us that name. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's lift our hands. Everybody lift your hands. Lord, we thank you for the name. We thank you for the authority. We thank you for the power. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. Just close your eyes if you would and just continue in your heart to thank you. Now we don't want to just hear this word and not act on it. If you've had things in your life that's been bothering you, if there are things that you've tolerated for months and for years, don't just let that continue going. If you're down because you're oppressed because the evil is bearing rule in your life, it's time that the righteous rose up in their God-given authority and said something and did something. Oh, hallelujah. Resist that thing. Speak against it. Don't be silent and don't be passive. Rise up. Hallelujah. On the inside and say no more. No more. Not in my life. Not in my house. Not with my things. Not in my finances. No, in Jesus' name. No. Speak to it, whatever it may be. Speak to it. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Disease, we command you to leave. In the name of Jesus. Sickness, we command you to go. 
In the name of Jesus, depression, leave. Oh, somebody needs to say it. In Jesus' name. Say it out loud. In Jesus' name. Depression, go. Leave me. Hallelujah. 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 Not something you're trying, not something you're playing with, something you're doing. You're acting in your authority. Hallelujah. And the, the word said, he will flee. Praise God. Just close your eyes a little bit longer and just lift up your hands. Let's worship the Lord. Let's give him glory. Let's give him praise. Lord, we worship you. Lord, we give you glory. Lord, we give you thanks. Hallelujah. Somebody needs to say this out loud. In Jesus' name, stop, Satan. You cannot steal my money. You cannot steal my possessions. I forbid it. And I command you to stop. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We're not trying it. We're doing it. We're doing it. In Jesus' name. Oh, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Somebody needs to say this. In Jesus' name. Every wrong spirit. Causing confusion. In my family. I command you to stop it right now. In Jesus' name, you leave. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. You can tell. There, there are situations. It's just unreasonable how much trouble you're having with it. And how much difficulty people are having working it out or, or, or even understanding each other, having a conversation. When you see this, don't just scratch your head. Realize the enemy's at work in here. The enemy's working. He's influencing. He's bringing thoughts. He's bringing feelings and, and imaginations and lies. And people are listening to it. And, and, and you don't have to, uh, you don't have authority over people. You don't have authority over people. But you do have authority over every evil spirit and every sickness and every disease. Hmm? And so you, they don't even have to know. You can step off to the side somewhere. You, and you can just say, say, you foul spirits working to confuse here. I command you to stop it right now in the name of Jesus. And you don't need to yell and scream half a day. You just need to believe it when you say it. Hallelujah. And then don't be moved by anything you see or don't see. Don't be moved. Get in faith. Stay in faith. Hallelujah. When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Phyllis, would you please come? Oh, somebody say thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lift your hands again. Let's thank the Lord for giving us this authority, giving us this power. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Well, did you enjoy that? Yes, well, the word says the devil's walking about seeking whom he may devour. And I couldn't help but think about today uh, one of my little puppies. We were in the backyard. And... Um, he kept going over and getting into something. 
And I kept saying, leave that alone. I call him Bubby. I'd say, Bubby, leave that alone, you know, just kind of in a soft voice. And he wouldn't. So at some point during, I had to yell at him and tell him, leave it alone, Bubby. Get away from that. And that's kind of how you have to do the devil. And people don't understand. Well, how do you decide if it's the devil or not? I've heard Keith say this so many times. If it's good, If it's bad, it's the devil. It's not confusing. People try to confuse everything. If something good is going on in your life, it's God. If it's bad, don't put up with it for one minute. Not even one minute. Stop it in your life. Because the longer it goes on, the worse it gets. So just stop and say, no, devil, I'm not thinking about that. No, devil, I'm not yielding to that. No, devil, I don't have to put up with that. Whether it's like what he was saying, depression or things with your kids or things with your family or anything. So uh, we need to practice that and stomp our foot and tell the devil to get out of our lives, you know, because he can't have things in our lives. So everybody should be practiced in that stuff. It's really, really good to not let the devil know where he stands. So just raise your voice at him and tell him to get out of your life. Can you say amen? This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.